Welcome back to another Capital Conversation. Colin Day here again with Ryan Potts. Ryan, welcome back. Pleasure to be back, as yeah. always. It's like we haven't left this room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, you know, we talked about in our previous episode about our financial document data gathering sheet. That is a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and I've got something that's even more of a mouthful in front of me right now, which is our budget initial data gathering worksheet. We're all about the worksheets today. We are all about the worksheets. And there's a reason for it, um, because this is kind of the... Uh, the, the side of financial planning where we're really getting into the weeds and we really need the assistance of our clients or prospective clients to provide us with documents and information so that we can start off the relationship well. But Ryan, even by our standards, you know, this is a four page document and this is just page one and if you, you can't see that very well, there's a lot of data cells on this. If you're listening uh, via podcast on audio form, uh, I would imagine there's probably several hundred <laughs> cells in this thing. So Ryan, why the heck do we need to fill this out? Gosh, I mean, I think this is probably one of the most important steps in financial planning. Um, the, the budget, or at least understanding the budget, and for a lot of our clients and prospects, it's, it's one of two things. Mm -hmm. It's one, they've never gone through this exercise before in their life, um, and they've just always lived on, hey, I've got money coming in and money goes out, and at the end of the month, I've got a surplus or yep. I'm negative, and that yep. means I've got to kind of dial my expenses up or down based on those numbers. Um, if they've never done the exercise before, it's just important for them to get an understanding of where the money is going and as money comes in, how much is going out. It's crazy to say, but there are people who enter retirement who have never done a budget or a mm -hmm. full-fledged budget the way that this is um, ever before. So it's important for them so we can get an understanding of their actual expenses. The other side of the coin is we do have a ton of organized clients who come to us with a really strong budget. Um, but... Ultimately, they might not have 150 rows of mm -hmm. <laughs> information that they're getting requested because in their mind right. it's, hey, I've got a home, I've got a car, I've got kids, you know, I like to travel. They've got some high level budget or expenses built in, but mm -hmm. they don't have the, the intricacy of what we have here. Um, and so I think it's important when we're talking to both of these clients, one, to get a great understanding of their actual budget. We can help them kind of raise questions about where is their money going and what mm -hmm. kind of expenses do they have. But two, and I know we've talked about this off air, but it's really important sometimes, um, you know, when I talk to my clients, we care so much about goals-based planning and how can we get our clients to get to their goals. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, you know, I might ask my clients, what are your three most important things in your life? Write down your goals. If you didn't have to worry about money or time, where would you be spending your time and your money? And it's funny how sometimes when they write down those goals and then we reflect and look at the, the budget that we put together, how much their money is not aligned with their goals and how frequently yeah. you see a divergence between, oh, you just told me that you guys love to travel, but you're spending, that's like one of your lowest items when it comes to your expenses. Mm -hmm. Are there opportunities to maybe shift the budget and so you can spend more time, spend more money on the things that you really love to do? Yeah, yeah and that's such a powerful idea because really it's all about the prioritization because if, if you have some kind of goal, you know, and it's to go to Spain and run with the bulls or whatever it is, but your budget, you know, your the amount of money that you're going to allocate towards travel to push to the side is, you know, a hundred bucks a month. I'm like, well, I don't know if Spirit Air is going to get into international <laughs> travel, but that's the way they might be traveling. You might be in the suitcase instead. So it's it's a really powerful thing to go through a budget because again, this is the this is the not fun side of financial planning for most people that are going through this journey. But I think it it's eye opening not only for us as the advisors as we're engaging with folks um, likely for the first time, but just you know to speak on whoa I didn't know that we were spending this much. Right. You know how many times have we engaged with a couple who said wait what yeah we're spending this much <laughs> uh, and, and just the other person being completely oblivious uh, and thus you know with this blank face uh, you know, trying to figure out 
what they're supposed to do with this new data. So, like for example, you know, in our budget data gathering form, which again is several pages long, I, I you know, made note of a couple of things that I think are interesting. You know, when we're going through this, you know, I might identify somebody who put something in the alimony expense, you know, which is an important thing because if they've gone through some kind of separation or divorce where they are compensating their ex-partner, you know, is that something that goes on forever? How are we using those funds? And I don't know if we have, I think we do somewhere in here um, for you know, child, uh, child allowances, but if you're in a situation where that alimony is only gonna last until your kids are 18 or whatever it is in your state, um, you might be in a situation where, hey, that's money that I was thriving on and suddenly it's not there anymore. Yeah, it's really interesting, again, with alimony. Another one is charitable donations that come to my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, just when we talk to people who are charitably inclined, you know, we ask them how much they might be giving or gifting, um, and, and they give us a number, and we ask them if that reflects what they would like to continue going forward, and then that always raises the question like, well, gosh, maybe we want to give more than that, or, or maybe mm -hmm. we feel like that might be kind of putting pressure on us in retirement, so we need to dial that back a little yeah. bit. Or, or what accounts you're using. And that was my next point is, is, you know, we just talked about the financial information gathering process and getting mm -hmm. financial documents. Well, if we see someone who's you know, very charitably inclined and they don't have a donor advice fund or these other vehicles that would maybe help with some of the tax advantages of being charitable, mm -hmm. those are great opportunities to bring up in conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, as myself, as somebody with uh, a child in daycare right now, I have looked at the child care and <laughs> man, I really don't want to write down that number because I know what it is on a monthly basis as to what we spend. Um, but that then allows us to have a discussion on, hey, what kind of tax credits are we talking about for your kids? Are we are you utilizing anything with your daycare expenses? Do you have a dependent care FSA through work? It, it, it opens up the conversation to more types of things. What, what, what's another example, Ryan, of something that you found interesting? Yeah, I think a lot of times, um, you know, and I'm gonna refer kind of to the niche that I work with a lot and business owners, but it's kind of reviewing their insurance policies and mm -hmm. taking a look and seeing, you know, hey, do they have disability insurance? Do they have long-term care? Do they have umbrella liability insurance? All these things are things that are really important. Um, and I work with a whole range of business owners from you know, maybe self-employed all the way up to 50 employees. Mm -hmm. I think it's important when you're having those conversations, you know, if the self-employed is the breadwinner in the household and they have no one else left in the business if something were to happen to them, mm -hmm. gosh, and they don't have disability, or at least they're not claimed to have disability based on right. their budget, that's a conversation we need to have and also probably needs to be something that we're prioritizing within the budget and saying like, look, we're adding this expense in your budget, so we need to figure out where else we can manipulate kind of your expenses to make it make sense. Yeah, absolutely. And there's um, some additional pages like here in the back, you know, speaking about business owners, you might um, own rental properties. And depending on how you've titled those particular homes, you might be subjecting yourselves to a lesser degree of liability protection than maybe what you wanted to. Because if you're, if I'm asking you a question and say, hey, you know, we've got three homes on this back page, you know, if you are only talking about house number one, but then you mention, oh, right, and then there's the home in Florida. Or, oh, yeah, there's the house down the block that we rent out to uh, our sister-in-law or something like that. It's like, well, okay, how is that being held? You know, and how is that going to be addressed from a, and not just from a liability protection perspective, but also from an estate planning perspective? It's going to open up the conversations a lot further than just, hey, what do you spend on a monthly basis? Yeah, Colin, you had mentioned, um, actually, not too long ago, you were having a conversation with a client and addressing the taxability of the business that he owns and how through the budget data gathering information, we could figure out, you know, are they doing the right things for themselves as a business owner? Yeah. It, it, again, the whole idea of the budget is 
to go through the numbers so that we can speak more intelligently to make sure that we're not in the red on a monthly basis or to identify here's why you're in the red. It's because your pet care uh, bill is, you know, $2,000 a month because you're putting up uh, Fido in, I don't know, <laughs> the most luxurious of pet resorts uh, that you can imagine. But when it comes to, from like the business owner perspective, making sure that we have the, the kinds of things in place, you know, we might be looking at it from saying, hey, I noticed that you're taking this amount from an employment perspective from like a salary, and then I noticed like your FICA is maybe a little bit different from what your withholding should normally be. Are you an S-Corp? Are you filing as an S-Corp? <laughs> so, so I just at least understand a little bit more um, nuance in regards to the situation. I think you'd agree there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said, like we have been saying, it's just important that we get a full picture of everything that's going on with all the clients and prospects that we do meet with. Um, and, and these things that we're providing, yes, they might seem like a lot, but it's important that we're asking a lot of questions because that's a that's the value that we bring to the table. Yeah. We are thinking of things that you might not be thinking of by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And as I tell most folks that are doing data collection, that are recording down their budget, you know, you're gonna put the kids to bed, you're going to uh, have your favorite adult beverage, whichever that might be, and you're gonna fill out some information. And you know, it's not the most fun thing, but hey, there are worse ways to spend your evening, right? <laughs> All right, well, Ryan, anything else that, that uh, I missed that you wanna mention before we, we shut this down for another week. No, I think we covered it. Um, I think we could spend five hours talking about this. And typically when we go through our process with, with people that we are meeting for the first time, this isn't a five hour conversation, but it might be a 30 minute conversation to an hour, mm -hmm. just trying to hash out these details. And um, when it comes to planning, I mean, we can't, there are variables that we can control and there's things we can't control. And, and fortunately the budget is something that we can typically control. So it's important that we know the numbers um, very, very well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Ryan, thanks for joining me again. Appreciate it as always. All right, and thank you all for joining us for another Capital Conversations. We'll see you or hear you in the next one. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Correct Capital Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Correct Capital Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Correct Capital Wealth Management unless a client service agreement is in place. 